Look, it's a flood. It's a flood. It's flooding. Get away. Quick, we need to get to higher ground. Open the floodgates. I was watching the playoffs earlier today. It was the Celtics and the Sixers. The Celtics are up 2-1 in the series, right? Well, I watched a little bit of that series. Yeah, um, the Sixers were up at some point by like 13 points, and the Celtics magically pulled it back. We Somehow, in, I don't know how, right? Like after. Tatum started the, he had two points in the first half, and he ended the game with like 24. Yeah. So, um, I have to tell you something. Come through in the clutch. Yeah, right. well, we go to overtime, and then Tatum, well, for starters, Missoula had a timeout and doesn't call it when there's like 18 seconds on the clock after um, James Harden hit a three. You call the fucking timeout, you set your offense, but no, you're gonna let Marcus dribble it up, gonna pass it over to Tatum. Tatum's gonna run eight seconds out on the clock, not get a good shot, throw it to Marcus Smart, where I'm always like, no, 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 yes! Yeah. <laughs> because he so made disrespectful. it, but he didn't so get dis- the shot off in time. Uh, uh, so. That is the Marcus Smart experience, though. <clears throat> no, 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 yes! <sighs> That's okay. We go play game five in Boston. Game six is in Philly, if necessary. Or no. Game six, we're guaranteed to go to. Okay, so Game what seven is will be what in is Boston if necessary? What is the current standing of the series? Two to two. Two to two. two okay, to two. you did say it was tied. All right. Yeah, two to two. As it stands right now in the Eastern Conference, we have Miami up two games to one on the New York Knickerbockers. The Boston Celtics and Philadelphia 76ers are tied at two games apiece. Denver is up two games to one on Phoenix. They are currently playing as of right now. And the Los Angeles Lakers are up two games to one on the Golden State Warriors. Uh, no, it is at halftime. Phoenix well, is up by two, uh, 63-61. I mean, by the time our listeners hear this, the game will be over. Oh, certainly. <laughs> My man said certainly, like, that wasn't sarcastic. Some of these series will be over by then. But anyway. Right. Um, uh, and people will be like, a lot of these comments will look absolutely absurd. Um, but not as absurd as finding out as Kevin Durant. It will be soon be a playable operator. The easy money sniper? Call of Duty. And it's funny you said that, right? Because, uh. The the uh, concept art dropped for the animated character of Kevin Durant. Um, He's got a big hitbox, I'm sure. In, it's like the opposite of Odd Job. It dropped, you know. Uh, so the skin dropped with images of him in the black and yellow tactical gear, right? Equipped with two guns, the Reap This AR and the Easy Money Sniper. And you. <laughs> Wait, what was the other one? Uh, the Reap This AR. Oh, because his nickname is the Slim Reaper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you're you're on top of it, right? Does the, he have anything with like a spider on him? Because one of his other nicknames is Durantula. So, uh, his 
He's also me- Captain America. His melee weapon is the uh, scythe. So I mean, oh, you can take that. Flame Reaper. Yeah, yeah. You, you, look, listen, it's it's all there, right? That's all. That's all. Flavor flavor went on. Point. Yeah. Uh, so the Call of Duty team says that his character is built for the same kind of versatility that Durant has displayed on the court, right? He's big ass hitbox. All around operator, uh, as you will. Uh, the skin will be available as part of a limited release store bundle for the season reload update um, starting May 10th, right? So by the time this comes out, the skin will be available. And by the time you're hearing it, um, you should probably pause and go get the skin if you want that update. Because uh, like I said, it's limited. Well, let me round this out by saying this is all built on the heels of Kevin Durant's Friday announcement where he and Nike announced that they have entered a lifetime partnership deal. Lifetime! Uh, Kevin Durant brand clothing and all that moving forward will now be exclusively Nike represented. Kevin Durant will now be an exclusive representative of Nike joining the likes of LeBron, Kobe, and Jordan. If only Prince Harry was there. The levels of procrastination are rising up. For the second time, we are crashing through. This is Doc. And this is Ziggy. With the flood. That's weak. Mm, fuck. Fuck me. That's right. Your favorite weekly pop culture digest where we bring our pop perspective to put the culture in context and make the mainstream make sense sense. because if we do not make sense we We don't don't make dollars dollars. we are definitely trying to manifest some dollars up in this bitch so don't forget to hit us up at the flood pod on everything and that that is is on everything everything, including the patreon and this week's hit on the algorithm is Curtains by Ed Sheeran. Is it Curtains as of the time standing? Are you on Spotify? I feel like that's because Ed just won that copyright lawsuit, right? So all his, you know, his fandom is going wild in the stands right well, now. Well, once again, we've used Calm Down Flowers, Kill Bill, Chemical. Uh, we haven't used Daylight. We, we didn't use Daylight. We used Boys of Liar Park too already. Uh, Die for you. Yeah, we've, we've used a lot of these. You know, it's funny because when I go into my YouTube music streams and I look up the top 100, I get a lot of Latino hits. Like, it doesn't seem like you get many, like, reggaeton. I look up today's top hits. Speaking of today's top hits, give me a year between 10, or give me a number between 10 and 50. 10 and 50. I mean, why don't we just go back to 1950 and see what the top banger was <laughs> when your mom and your grandma. When my dad was born. Wow, I was about to say when Gammy was getting her top banged out, right? But like, <laughs> your dad is old enough to be some people's grandparents. Shout out to your dad. <laughs> so, so on, can we make that any more awkward? Shout out to everybody May, still listening. The uh, the number one song in 1950 was Mona Lisa by Nat King Cole. Hey, hey, always a banger. You know when you're talking about Nat King Cole to go. 
as far as you know that ragtime jazz. That that shit is something goes. for you music buffs. Yeah. For really for get, to really get into because yeah. Nat King Cole. And, and you try hard, you pick me's out there that are like, you know, I don't really listen to today's music. I like the classics. I'm you listening like to, to, listen Nat to people King Cole like uh, Nat King Cole. Other than yours truly. <laughs> Metalheads. Are you gonna elaborate? Cause I mean Metal I'm is not... mostly just blues chords and riffs uh, with distortion thrown on it. Yeah, no, you you're right. You're right. It's this there's a lot of that. Like, I mean, blues is still, like, very technically advanced music to certain levels. Like, the Yardbirds, which was uh, Jeff Beck, Jimmy Page, and Eric Clapton, which is, like, a collection of three of the greatest guitar players to right, ever live, right. even though fuck Eric Clapton. Uh, uh, shots fired. Eric can get Clapton. Hey, <laughs> let's go, let's but go, yeah, let's go. Blues guitarists. And <laughs> right. then the Yardbirds became one of the most influential uh, musical acts that started to inspire all of these other uh, guitar aficionados. And the blues chord structure happened to have a really good sound that goes with melodic death metal. <sighs> okay, come through with the history lesson, you know, the music theory lesson right there. I. I think we can fucks with that uh, audience. If you fucks with that, go ahead and give Zig so, yeah, the if, thumbs if up. You uh, a big fan of like Die Art is bleeding? Uh, you you'd enjoy some Nat King Cole. Okay, okay. Uh, my favorite song by Die Art is bleeding is uh, "Whore to a Chainsaw." Ah, wow. Wow. He's smart. Do you think Nat King Cole would like whore to a chainsaw? Probably not. <laughs> I don't think anyone in 1950 would have listened. For starters, I don't know. I don't even no, think that there's on. musical like equipment that could have produced the fucking sounds. I I feel like it would have been prime for like some analog death metal. I feel like analog metal has to be a subgenre already. Uh, right? Because there's unplugged. There's, I was going to say there's, there is a corn unplugged uh, MTV special. Yeah. But I mean, they had like Are you ready? amplifiers and shit like that. Are you going to play it over the thing like now? You can't hear the blues influence? <clears throat> it's right there, dude. Shut up. Oh, yeah, right yeah, there. It's right there. Yeah, yeah, no, I totally hear it now. Mm-hmm. Nah, Nat King Cole would totally yeah, rage. Yeah, Nat King Cole would totally get down with Horn yeah. to a Chainsaw. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yep, right that, after... That is some very, right very after some, late 2000s music right there. Yeah, you play that right after some Miles Davis. Man, panties dropping, buddy, let me tell you. Um, but that is just more evidence to show you that this is your perfect source for a wide perspective of the news happening around you and discussing how it shapes the culture that defines you like you know how blues music translates to death metal uh, yeah no 100 <laughs> percent. like death metal is actually kind of based in uh blues musical structure and remember this is your second reminder that you can find all that at the flood pod on everything and that is on some of the everything we have to talk with you guys about this week, uh, Aiden Ross and Hassan Piker getting into it in this week's What's Beef. 
Florida has approved a bill that would see the death penalty for people convicted of sexual assault and battery against uh, minors. Chris Brown is doing Chris Brown things. Dude, I almost forgot to write that on the docket. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I don't think I have that on my docket. Um, CNN is hosting a Trump town hall in their effort to do Chris Brown things. Ed Sheeran once again proved that you cannot steal a chord progression. A Texas weatherman threatened to shoot a little girl who was looking for her lost kitten. And Japan is not letting adults buy Pokemon cards. That is clickbaity as fuck, but we'll give you the actual details. And we got a whole lot of other stuff to get into. But... Oh, did we forget to mention that none of this is actually prepared because our writers are on strike? And we will get back to you with more of that right after this break. If you could be any mythological creature, what would you be? Welcome back. <laughs> um, one that stays on topic would give the WGA <laughs> the demands they're asking for, because honestly, the Writers Guild of America. Honestly, at this point, I can't believe we're here again. Writers Strike Two. Electric Boogaloo. What movie was that actually the title? Breaking. Breaking 2, Electric Boogaloo. Got it. Um, classic. Classic. Classic Americana, one might say. Um, maybe you add the word black in front of it. But I also feel like at this point, Breaking 2 has become such a meme that it should just be considered Americana. But tomato, tomato. What is not debatable, though, is the demands that the writer's strike is putting forward, uh, that the Writers Guild has put forward to the studios. Um, you know, simple things like more control over the profits of streaming content, more uh, autonomy as far as, you know, AI decisions are concerned. Not being employed by the day. Not being employed by the day and put in quote unquote many rooms. Like, it's, yeah, it's like the fucking WeWork contracting of writers in Hollywood. And it just, it I'm doesn't look I'm gonna put myself good. in this perspective. Say they fucked up a writer the day before and I get hired on for a daily contract and I read this script and I'm like what the fuck is going on the three other writers in the room go I don't know this is what we've been handed from the four other previous writers and at this point it's all for a show that may not even get to production like let's be real about that because a, a lot of this shit is due to the streaming wars and the just huge investment that these streaming companies have put into the production epiphany of all these shows. Epiphany moment. Epiphany moment. People complain about all of these shows and movies having the same plots. Well, that's because they keep going through writers so much. So the writers have to lean on default shit. Yeah, the formula, right? It's you stick to the formula. You can't deviate Not much from it. Not every writer wants to stick to the formula. I was getting ready to say you can't deviate much from it because of the 
position you've been put in, but you also, as your job as a writer, is to make this formula seem as original and as like unique and genuine as possible. And that's a difficult task, especially given the fact that you're being paid a fucking criminal penance on top of all of that, right? Like a lot of people, one of the things that um, Internet Today was addressing when I saw them talk about the writer's strike was the the general perception and approach towards people who work in the creative sector out there in LA, right? And it's assumed that, oh, you work in LA. You must be living a glamorous lifestyle with drop tops and sunshine and nope, beach mansions. Like, no, no, most of the people- Where do you live in LA? South Central, entire perception changes. Most of the people who work in Hollywood are still blue collar workers. And these are the people who are on strike. Yes, blue collar union workers. IOC members, specifically. Yeah, Uh, WGA members. And on top of that, next- Screen Actors Guild. I was getting ready to say, next month, the Actors Guild and the Directors Guild are both set to go on strike as well. Which are two separate unions. Or not on strike, but they are set to- Enter the collective bargaining phase. The NBA just had their collective bargaining agreement passed. They didn't have a lockout or a strike. No. Those two are in a rather amicable position, uh, the players and the owners. Right. Uh, so their collective bargaining agreement got passed rather quickly with no uh, drama. It, it almost is, was just like, oh, now the collective bargaining agreement was... Uh, which is wild when you consider the things that, you know, the the Writers Guild is act, asking for, right? Like, it's just common sense so updates to their I, package. The NBA is driven by the players and the gross profits of the NBA are generated by the players. 51% goes to the players. Right. So when people are like, oh, that's a lot of money, blah, 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 when talking about a contract, they're talking about working within the confines of the salary cap. Well, when you're talking about a lot of money, according to the demands that the WGA is trying to make, it would see an increase of up to $429 million for writers across the board. Now, what percentage is that? But the studios, the demands that they're putting forward would only see an increase of $86 million for writers across the board. Right. Now, um, think about I don't that know what percentage million or 498 429 428 million would be divided among every, every writer, writer in, in Hollywood. Yes. <laughs> Who is a part of the union? Also, no, not just Hollywood. Right. Every writer in the country cuz New York has plenty of writers too. Yeah. That's why I said every writer in the union. Yeah. Right. So this is not like, we're not talking like small change here, right? And these are not small concerns either. These are legitimate concerns for anybody who is producing something that is effectively out of their control yeah, once no, it's, it's out of their hands. We, we had to do our own research this week. <laughs> like always, like, our like, writers like are on always. Too. Like, 
How much like, did we pay him again? Like always, but I mean, we're we didn't on. Pay him anything? They, they, they deserve. I, I was gonna say we're on strike for like the nature of the pod, right? Like it's punk rock radio. We're we're just on strike because perpetually. Um, yeah. Oh, who's striking? <laughs> we're on their side. Yeah, yeah. Um, because you know, fuck billionaires, corporations, and billionaires, dude. Like, I heard fuck you mean? Like, so literally. All right, I, I understand the perspective of investors are expecting a return on their investment. Right, you don't put money into a project without expecting some kind of like we just that kind of altruism doesn't exist in this stage of capitalism anymore, right? I, I heard a take this week. The last likable billionaire was Tony Stark. <laughs> uh, it might have been the uh, who, who, who the fuck is the it was uh, Bill Simmons. Bill Simmons. It was Bill Simmons who said that because they had Bill Simmons, dude, who notoriously hates Marvel, do the rewatchables episode with Van Lathan for Iron Man. And his whole thing was like, yeah, no, Iron Man is a great movie. I just don't want to deal with the whole cinematic universe bullshit. I was going to say at this point, um, I think it's insane for the studios to really gaslight themselves because I feel like what's really happening is they're gaslighting themselves, right? And they've convinced themselves that they can do all things through AI, right? So let me, let me like, get this in relative concept compared to the NBA collective bargaining agreement because the numbers are simple. It is 51% players, 49% owners, and... Uh, are you suggesting that that's what it should be for... Hollywood? No, what I'm saying is if the product exists because of the players and they get most of the money <clears throat> as they should, 51%. Okay. What percentage do the writers deserve of the profit of a production? Okay. And as so of right what... now, their percentage is absolutely tiny. Oh yeah, no, it's minimal. It's like bare minimum at this point, and this is following the writer's strike of 2008 that lasted 100 days. 2007. Over, to 2007 into 2008, uh, because it lasted 100 days. And over a lot of the same things that we're facing now, right? It, like they it, were preemptively- It ruined heroes. <laughs> it ruined heroes. A, a lot of shows now are like, all of the late night the shows chopping are, are, block. Are, they've stopped. Uh, They're not even trying to do what Conan did. I don't know if the writers of Wednesday will come back just over, uh, you know, principle, right? Because yeah, Jen, no, they're not going to break the picket line. Uh, no, I mean, because they're mad at Jenna Ortega because she kind of insinuated that she helped write the show and the writers were like... <laughs> I would be like that. <laughs> I would be like that. Yeah, the same way Britney Spears helped write her great hits, you know, that that way. As a writer, if you steal my work, I'm coming for you. Uh, Hi, Ted. Yeah, no, they definitely uh, let Jenna Ortega have it and are still letting Jenna Ortega have it. Um, Pete Davidson has delivered pizzas. Lots of support is going to the writers, especially from people who are more informed and know that they are making common sense demands as far as some of the things that they are asking for, but... So, common sense demand, if we're going to compare it to the 2007, 2008, writer's strike, 
2007 to 2008 writer's strike. Conan, as I said, was one of the only late night hosts who was still on air. He was ad-libbing everything, but he was yeah. also paying his writer's salary out of pocket. Yeah. So Conan was full in support of it because yeah. you have to remember, he used to be a writer for SNL and The Simpsons. Right. No, Conan is like OG goat behind the scenes. He's behind a lot more than just SNL and The Simpsons. Right. Yeah. Um, he's written for, I believe, Curb Your Enthusiasm. You know, ep- quote unquote written yeah. for Curb Your yeah, Enthusiasm. Yeah. L- little episodes here and there. Well, no, you, like Curb Your Enthusiasm yeah, scripts are like, you have to get here and you have to get here. Yeah, I, I don't I care mean, how yes. you get there. You just have to get there. I get it. Right. Uh, but the point Conan has his hands in multiple different places that you would never expect. Yeah, right? he, like, has, he has experience in a variety of positions in the production pipeline. These studios are really shooting themselves in the foot here because as I was talking about earlier with the actors and the directors guilds set to go up for their negotiations and with a lot of their concerns being some of the same things that the writers are concerned about. How do the studios see this not ending up in a total production shutdown? I don't know, but I will tell you of the late night hosts that are currently shut down, the main four, Kimmel, Colbert, Myers, and Fallon. I almost forgot Fallon because he doesn't matter. The only two I can even imagine, like, having a chance without writers are Colbert and Seth Myers. The robber barons are playing a very dangerous game right now because uh, strikes are happening all over the country. Things, <laughs> can you imagine if they fuck up strangers? I mean, look, a lot of these streaming services were already dangling by a thread. The Blade movie has once again been stalled on production thanks to the writer's strike. See, this is what I mean. These are the kinds of games that these studios who have set up these grand expectations for these franchises, right? Like they've built these universes that are dependent on these people showing up and doing their jobs, whether it's to formula or not, right? And now they're on strike. So guess what? They, they're gonna try and play tough as as long as they can let's watch a billionaire studio exec try to write a dirty underdog story that's they're going to try and use ai and this is what the writers are trying is i have dabbled around it with chat gpt this week and i will tell you if i give it you to even direct an ai to make a good story yeah you have to be a writer it's a prompt at best at this at the point that it is now right like even the ai art which has gotten it's like so you know defined. eerily good but it's still in that uncanny valley that you can obviously tell when something is ai generated right like it's still, it looks like photo the, it it's looks over polished like, it looks like paintings from the photorealism movement that really dawned in like the 1960s and 70s it's, but yeah. it even it doesn't have the it doesn't have a soul it, it, doesn't, exactly. <laughs> it, it doesn't. doesn't have a soul no and you can tell dude uh like uh, they were 
They were saying that a uh, new movie with Chris Evans and Ana de Armas is uh, soulless. It feels like it was written by fucking chat GPT. And that's because Netflix has this like formula that they've made for like their action movies that make them all feel like the same, dude. And they all have this weird pacing to them because everything is so factory line produced now. Like they're biggest action movie hit of last year was what the gray man yeah and, and i couldn't tell you the name of any single character but i will tell you the fight inside of the fireworks pit was really fucking cool see you don't even remember the fight in front of the fucking fountain at the end i remember that but that's secondary to the fireworks fight i i feel like that part was the the highlight of the movie and right like it, i remember chris evans played like a really good sociopath and Ryan Gosling expectedly played the dashingly handsome, cool rogue agent. It just doesn't feel like in... Hold on, let me backtrack a little bit. Because what I was going to say is, I think everybody feels it, right? Like, we keep going to the movies because we're all looking for an escape. We keep tuning into Netflix and HBO Max and Disney Plus, no, 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 no. Hold on, I'm cooking real quick. Like, it, we keep going to these streaming services because back in 2020, when we all needed a place to like fade away to, they provided us with content that felt like it was worth getting lost in, right? And now we keep like chasing that high. And this is on top of like nostalgia from when TV was really like worth watching and like the movies that we had in the 90s that I feel like should be considered the second golden age of movies that we were just like putting everything into like indie movies like and Kevin original titles really his, and stuff like grab. that. Well, just like even like well, you had those like the 90s, I think like like Kevin Smith movies or like the 90s was full of like suspense thrillers, like you the know, early Tarantino movies. Like, we had, like, the faculty and shit like that. Like, it was just a time period where, like, anything could, like, rock. They were letting any kind of movie, like, happen. And nowadays, like, if it's not attached to a franchise or an extended universe, it's hard to get funding for that shit. And the movies that, you know, aren't part of a franchise, you know, something like The Gray Man, you can put on mute. Don't even turn the subtitles on. And you can just watch it and you know the same thing. At that point, what do the writers matter that's to what, Netflix? That's what I'm saying. Like, it feels like a lot of... They think this shit is soulless, right? They are entirely content on making soulless content. Um, and the writers are trying to head off being cut out of their jobs by AI because it's becoming more and more evident. If the gray man had a better plot better dialogue I would be inclined to watch it again I, I feel am like, not right now I feel like lots of people are probably inclined to watch it again and have watched it again because they don't have high expectations for that for medium right the now. movie bullet train if you put it on mute is not nearly as entertaining because the writing yeah. is very witty. engaging yeah. Yes, because... That is a movie that you would expect AI to be able to just, like, write. But 
the human aspect of Bullet Train is what makes it so entertaining. That's part of the aspect of having human writers. Um, somebody like Adam Conover was also pointing out other aspects of having human writers do the job that qualify for them getting the benefits that they are trying to fight for, right? Things like being able to work with set designers and costume designers and the actors to rewrite scenes and things like that and to be able to work with production designers to you know really curtail whether or not a scene idea is possible or a story idea is possible these are the kinds of things that yeah, you writers know, have to write within budgetary constraints not, you know yeah. if you want to if you're writing a stage play version of infinity war you know you're probably not going to be able to forward you know cable wire laser shooting out into the crowd all of yeah that you can't have writers who you are going to go as part of the script yeah. because it's not going to be something you can the director can achieve writers are part of the cogs of the machine not just the machine but the team right writers are part of the so, cogs of the team and as part of that team they want their fair share so as i brought in the nba collective bargaining agreement 51 percent goes to the players if you look at hollywood it is a lot more you have the studio the actors the writers the directors but right now the sliver that's given to the writers is so small compared to what they contribute to the overall production yes, right, right that they are asking for a just do that if if I remember seeing this statistic correctly, if two of the Hollywood execs, these two Hollywood execs gave their like excess profit to the writers for the $428 million that they are asking for, they would still have profited both like $64 million that year. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. They The studios will still make their money. It's the fact that they want more money and they can't handle not making more money and seeing other people make more money even when it's the people that help make them money it's even crazier when you think about like music and this whole ed sheeran case because honestly there's only so much as we were talking about like blues chords and death metal there's right. only so much you can do within the musical scale. And I saw a friend of mine whose smash name is PPSD. Shout out PPSD. Shout out PPSD. He said on a Facebook status that I once heard somebody say, you cannot steal a chord progression. And during this case, when Marvin Gaye's estate was suing, by the way, Marvin Gaye's estate is already fucked up. His dad killed him. I don't even think it was entirely Marvin Gaye's estate. I think it was an associate writing companion or company with the estate. As it goes, Ed Sheeran was found to be in perfect justification for using the and ownership of the chord progression, right? Because um, you can't steal, steal a, a chord, chord progression. progression. He was in uh, the courtroom and he played a Van Morrison song that used the same chord progression. There's a Stephen Lynch stand-up bit where he doesn't change his chord progression, melody, or rhythm at 
all, and he just starts singing a bunch of different choruses, and it matches perfectly. Yeah, no. Stephen I, Lynch, that's a fucking throwback. I was gonna say, I've seen that in a demonstration of how all pop music is very generic mm -hmm. and uh, industry produced at this point, right? Like, the code has been cracked on pop music, it's all four chords. They had to admit defeat. Speaking of admitting Apparently, defeat... Apparently, this is not the first time Marvin Gaye's estate has tried this, either. No, uh, they are constantly in legal battles with different artists to, you know, cash in whatever checks they can. Yeah, well, um, I mean, they're great whatever, or grand whatever, um, you know, made one of the greatest albums of all time, so... But sometimes you gotta admit when your check is cashed and Microsoft's executives are finally admitting that maybe their check is cashed when it comes to the console war. So in a recent interview uh, with the Xbox community YouTube channel and in what Fortune Magazine is calling a brutally honest 40 minute mea culpa, Phil Spencer of Xbox management stated that his job may be on the line after some blunders and that it's official. Xbox has lost the console wars. Ya don't say. <laughs> they sold more of the mini fridge. Phil made such statements such as the 90% uh, uh, of gamers are already committed to their existing consoles and it's just not true that if we go off and build great games all of a sudden people are gonna see their console shares shift in some dramatic way we lost the worst generation to lose in the xbox one days it's just over uh phil also poured cold water on hopes that the xbox one's replacement the xbox series x could chip away at some of the playstation 5 sales it's just it's too late it's too late which is super funny because people still can't even get their hands on ps5s they're starting to get more available yeah, accessible right uh but between that and the switch it just seems like xbox has been eclipsed well i mean the crazy thing is the switch has drastically inferior hardware and yet the switch also has the highest anticipated game of the years so far in The Legend of Zelda, Tears of a Kingdom. So far. Uh, that's because God of War has already out. Tell me more about this executive for Xbox. He basically just, in a 40 minute Xbox low, was like, we can't do this. So what are they gonna do with all of their properties? You know, namely Halo and Halo. Well, see, I think that was the other blow to Xbox. They just recently lost their UK case in the bid to purchase, uh, what is it, Ubisoft? With that failure, right? I mean, they still have a potential source in the US Supreme Court, but with the precedent that the UK decision has made, it doesn't seem likely that- I will go down with this ship. Oh, excuse me. It, it was the Activision Blizzard deal. I will admit, back in 2003, I thought it was weird when Xbox was like, we're going to enter the console race. Yeah, uh, yeah, when they came out with the Xbox One or whatever. No, no, not the, the Xbox, OG yeah, Xbox. Yeah, the OG Xbox. 
Yeah. You can't call it the Xbox One because there's actually an Xbox One. Which is the um, current one? The, no, I think it's the Series X. I, I don't know. It's getting hard to You know, to that's looking track. bad for Microsoft. We can't even remember yeah. the actual name of their console. No, we can't keep track, right? Because, like, it's it's clear, right? They You should have gone, like, XQ. X-Sphere? They, they can't go X-Cube because then everybody would have said they were jocking Nintendo, right? So, uh, Spencer is X-Sphere? now... X-Sphere? X-Double Helix? Sphere would have made South Park come true and well, that would have been is, really or, wild. The fucking, um, 30 Rock has already come true with MILF Island. So why not South Park, right? Who is also in the middle of a major legal battle. But... Spencer is now pushing for Microsoft to shift its focus from hardware to software, like things like beefing up their subscription services, such as Game Pass, and improving features that allow for more- So they're giving up on the Xbox, but you can play on the Xbox. Allow for features that would include more streamless gameplay across all devices, you know, Xbox to PC, PC to Steam Deck, it seems like Microsoft is moving away from having a console to focusing on Do you hear that? being PC oriented. Do you hear that? The pounding at the gates. Sell us Halo! Well, they were trying to purchase Blizzard and- Well, Blizzard is the one that owns World of Warcraft and StarCraft. Activision that, and Activision, right? So, I mean, I feel like- And that didn't work? No, not in UK. In, in the UK, the antitrust authority, the CMA, uh, dealt a massive blow last week to the deal, um, citing that it could strife and stifle competition in the burgeoning streaming sector that Microsoft is trying to get ahead of, right? Because it seems like Phil Spencer is pushing Microsoft to embrace this cloud streaming system that gaming is trying to move forward to with, like I said, more PC oriented. Back to where Microsoft should have stayed, to be honest. Yeah, and so that's, Essentially, Microsoft is moving back to... 20 year to... experiment. This is Xbox's version of Prohibition. Let's make a console for 20 years. Oh, it didn't work. Let's go back to where we were. All right, that's a weird analogy, but I, I see how you tied that in there, right? Like, gaming has gone the way of the PC. They're kind of at home. Right? Do you think Microsoft envisioned the original Xbox becoming the perfect mod machine for Nintendo games? I, maybe not Nintendo games specifically, but I can see them now shifting from a position if they do experiment with hardware again it will be for like a kind of starter gaming PC. I think it would make more sense for them to attach themselves to Steam. Yeah. And double down on the Steam Deck. It That totally seems like the avenue that they are going for at this point, right? They will pr- probably just start producing hardware for Steam and refining the hardware for like the Steam Deck and making portable streaming devices for gaming more accessible to people who 
might consider themselves anywhere from casual gamers all the way up to a more competitive type gamer. I don't take mobile games seriously unless it's like a mobile port of another game. Like the only two mobile games I play are Magic Arena and Team Fight Tactics, which are both primarily meant to be played on PC. But if you could play Steam games on like a Switch type device, like a Steam device. I used to have a Nintendo, a Super Nintendo emulator on my phone. Now there's a through line here. I I played Donkey Kong Country. And you Have you seen we what a Steam Deck you, looks hold like? Hold on, give me my through line. Yo, oh, sir, don't don't get sassy with we're me, sir. We're talking about you get your through line all the time. We're talking about switching to a mobile device. Great, Super Nintendo, Donkey Kong Country, minecart level. How hard did you hit those buttons to get the smallest little boost? Because here's the thing, on a touch screen, you can't hit a button harder. So I'm taking, you've never seen a Steam Deck before then. Because a Steam Deck is not like gaming on your phone. It's like gaming on that old uh, Sega handheld device. The Game like, Gear. Yeah, the, it, the, it looks like a Game Gear. It's basically a Switch. I mean, it's it's without the dock. It's basically a Game Gear, right? <laughs> but I guess the Switch but is. But if you're playing a game on your phone, like, like there are franchises that have like phone game expansions that I like, like the Bravely series. I, there's a couple Final Fantasy VII phone games. Okay, and but I you, just why... I don't give a fuck about them. Yeah, but why are you talking about like phone gaming when we're not talking about phone gaming? We're talking about the Xbox and Microsoft refining digital games across other streaming devices, one of which would probably be primarily the phone. No, it's the Steam Deck. Like, if they move from focusing on household gaming consoles to a more cloud-based streaming service like the Steam Deck, not gaming on your phone on some weird like handheld janky thing that you bought because you saw it on TikTok, right? Uh, I think that does suit Microsoft in a way that could potentially give them an edge. It would allow Microsoft to settle until they found a more viable like concept for a console that is more desirable to consumers you understand what i'm saying right like the steam deck doesn't look like a bad product this does not look like gaming on your phone i mean i've also seen like um peripherals you can get for your phone that like plug into like the yeah. USB-C and it yes. turns into a handheld. Right, and I understand that from what you're saying, from that aspect, right, then yeah, no, like gaming on a mobile device does not compare to gaming on a PC or gaming on a PlayStation or even gaming on a on a fucking Switch. I take gaming for that on a matter. phone much less seriously than I would at a computer. Well, yeah, no, gaming for gaming on a phone for me is the same level that gaming on a PC was in like the early days of like PC gaming. And I and I don't mean from I people, took Warcraft 3 really seriously in 2000. I was going to say I don't mean for people who were like playing like Civilization and games like that. I do understand that gaming on the PC in like the 90s was actually pretty advanced. I had like a 59% win rate in 1v1 on Warcraft. But I'm 3. talking about people who were playing like Pinball Mania in Solitaire and you don't understand the depth. Have you ever heard of Dota 2? Uh, yes. Yes. Do you want to know what Dota 1 was? 
It was a customized game on the Warcraft 3 Battle.net server that wow. someone made. Wow. Yeah, no, I, I get there that. There is it's... no Dota 1. Yeah. It is a Warcraft 3 custom game. Dota 2 is the first time that Dota has ever been its own game. Client. Yeah. No, I, I get that. That's that's intense and wild, though. Um, like, Warcraft 3 was the program to make custom games. They yeah. used to have, like, a Yu Yu Hakusho custom game that was really cool. Like, the beginning of the, the game, you pick one of the, the fighters on Team Yurameshi. Well, I mean, that's, like, my favorite uh, meme. One of my favorite memes is seeing Doom emulated on like any electronic device possible, right? Like I've seen it on a fucking like Tamagotchi at this point. <laughs> it's it's wild. The, the original thing, Doom. Yeah, it's wild the things that you can run Doom on, uh, <laughs> like hospital monitor equipment, <laughs> TI eighty three calculator. Like I haven't played Doom since I was a literal child. How simple are the controls for doom fucking pregnancy test <laughs> <laughs> can't even tell if you're fucking pregnant or not but you can play doom in 1080p yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's insane um and what is also insane is looking at you know xbox from the days of like 360 right like 360 was the shit like that it was almost a, I, I totally think most people would say that's the console that won that generation yeah the Wii PS3 360 generation. Yeah, most people would say that, that the 360, 360 came out on top. So from those days, and then the Switch, and then the 360 bled over into the Switch and PS4 era. Yeah, and it still held its That's, own. Yeah, until they had to introduce the Xbox One, right? And even that, you know, held its own until until now right uh just like everybody like, i knew had a fucking xbox because it just it seemed really easy to get yeah uh and it had a lot of it had halo it also had a lot of original uh games a, a lot of original ip uh not as many as playstation did right but had enough halo. to solidify what other its xbox stands. exclusives what's the word Matter. Other than Halo. Other than Halo. Other than Halo, I feel like you're being disrespectful to a lot of uh, you know, Xbox games that have come and gone. Name one. Uh I I cannot name do that. One. That wasn't exclusive. Without Googling it. <laughs> that wasn't exclusive. That wasn't exclusive. Um, and I'm not talking about a timestamped exclusive like that fucking Final Fantasy 13 bullshit uh, where the Xbox 360 you got it for okay. six months by itself. Oh, Fable? Okay, that's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was... That was the Sony is knocking at the gates for Fable. <laughs> they want Fable. Uh, they want Fable before they want Halo. Oh, absolutely, dog. RPGs are hot right you now. You give Fable son. to Square Enix? Come on. And you don't know what kind of madness. Look. You give Fable to Square Enix in partnership with, I believe, the name of the development company for Fable is Lionheart. And A24, right? Because, you know, this is the age of the reboot, baby. Uh, and with... Chad GPT would write a hell of a script for Fable the, 6. The Last of Us cooking like it did and Uncharted. That was a PlayStation exclusive. Uncharted cooking. So Xbox is due. And look, Fable, it's like a tell-your-own-adventure kind of thing. 
right? They can make the the uh, protagonist as racially ambiguous as possible, right? Um, because this is 2023 and we are inclusive even in our fantasy Magic the Gathering. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> Magic the Gathering. Magic the Gathering. <laughs> but it's not forced Magic the Gathering. <laughs> So I feel fuck like you, James Harden. Uh, actually, today, fuck you, James Harden. Like, actually, fuck you, James Harden. I feel like uh, Xbox will be forever chanting "fuck you, PlayStation, fuck you, Nintendo." But you see, here's the I thing don't about think... the whole console war. Do you think this? It is... doesn't matter that Nintendo's hardware is inferior. No. Miyamoto pushes it to the limit and they drop this game called Zelda every five or six years. And you want to know what? Nothing else matters. I bought my Switch literally for Zelda and I got more than an hour of entertainment per dollar that I spent. And then I had other games that I played on it. And all of that is house money at that point. So yeah, the I'm, Switch is it's brand by recognition. By far, the Switch, as far as like a piece of hardware, is probably the favorite, my favorite piece of hardware I've ever owned. The whole concept of just being like, ooh, pull it in the dock, put it in the dock, pull it out of the dock. It's like, a Game Boy on steroids. Half. It's a Game Boy on steroids, dog. Um, like, let's be real about that. It's, and I know people complain about like playing on a sideways Joy-Con, but the fact that that's an option Right. He's still, it's, like, I've played with somebody on a sideways Joy-Con. Yeah, no, you have to and play. We, like, it fucking, was a meme. You have to play Mario still, Party like that. It sucks. I mean, but it's. Mario Kart is not that bad like that. I mean, like, we played Smash on it, which was hilarious. Yeah, no, Smash like that sucks, dude. It's awful. Um, I, I don't know. I, I literally cannot use tilt attacks yeah. on a Joy-Con because I don't know how to do them. The, the <laughs> Switch is cool. It's a, it's a very intriguing and interesting piece of tech. Honestly, I think Nintendo it's a. It's a huge advancement as far as like gaming is concerned. I don't think Nintendo has to make a quote-unquote new system. I think they can just take the Switch and just keep updating it. Do you feel that way about Microsoft, though, at this point? Like, with them conceding that they have lost the console wars, do you see them moving further, or do you think that this last run of Xboxes will go the way of the Dreamcast? Dreamcast. Hmm... Damn, you really like you. Damn, you shoveling dirt on Microsoft already? No, I'm not. You know what? I'm actually I am. I'm gonna say Dreamcast without the long-term impact. Ah. Dreamcast was so far ahead of its time that the commercial sector wasn't ready for what the Dreamcast was doing. Uh, the Dreamcast really like with the whole like controller connectivity, the portal portability of the games, the graphics were superior to what was because the Dreamcast was PS2 quality games competing with the N64 and the PlayStation 1. No, I get it, man. And at this point, right, I but, feel like like they it, didn't have the game support. Like, I mean, yes, Jet Set Radio Future was fucking incredible. Crazy Taxi is fucking incredible, but the PS2 then came out and then they had you know Final Fantasy 10 Sly Cooper Jack and Daxter Ratchet and all of these exclusives that just I mean the, the Dreamcast had like all of that crazy controller tech too that was going on with it like the characters it being was an in the controller at the time which is ironic but it we was were thrilled with the N64 right, controller I was gonna say reason. but it was super advanced and like yeah no the Dreamcast was 
it, it... Take your nostalgia glasses off, people. The N64 controller is god-awful. Yeah, but the Dreamcast controller, though. Pretty uh, solid. Um, the Dreamcast, pretty solid, right? Uh, and I feel like at this point, it would take, you know, Xbox and Sega merging together to come back with some Franken console to really, like... Yeah, Nintendo's shit. not gonna let that happen, considering where they sit with yeah, Sega. Yeah, Sonic and all of that, right? But, um, like, I feel like that is the general, like, gaming social consensus, is that the Dreamcast was a victim of its time, and from almost, like, a lack of people seeing its potential. Speaking of a victim of its time and a lack of people seeing its potential, Paramount Network has announced that they are playing around with the idea of possibly selling off their stake in the BET Media Group because they don't see the potential in holding on to the Black Entertainment Television Network anymore. You like that transition, buddy? Here's for the smooth one. Paramount Global has hinted at the fact that it might be selling its stake in the BET Media Group, and I don't know if you knew, but I, I'm, that, not a, I'm not an avid consumer of BET. No. So the BET Media Group is not just the BET channel; it is the entire streaming service right uh so bet plus it is also all the spinoff channels bet her bet jams as well as vh1 i did not know that vh1 was a subsidiary to bet it is a part of apparently it's i didn't know that either it's a part of the uh bet media if anything i would have thought vh1 would be the the parent company to bet some of the potential buyers of BET include Tyler Perry, who already Shocker. has like a very vested stake in a lot of the media production that's going on at yeah, BET. Tyler Perry owes <clears throat> BET his career. Uh, kind of the other way around, actually. Like Tyler Perry relationship is Tyler Perry is kind of like responsible, I would say, for keeping BET afloat at this point, because uh, Tyler Perry established his career on his own through his stage plays just to put some perspective on some that. Some pop so perspective to put culture in context, You people. can get that correct, um, because... <laughs> I am okay with being G-checked about Tyler Perry. Uh, I would just... I Tyler Perry would G-check you, and I would hate for that to happen to you. And you know what? I'd be like, I'm sorry. I didn't no, watch a lot of no, BET in no. my Irish Catholic household. Uh, then listen, listen here, sir. That's not good for the brand. You cannot, you can, it's not, also not good for your cookout invitation. Let me just keep that 100 for you, because if you want to get any access to anybody's yams at the cookout, you better go and watch I at least own plate. I was gonna say you better go and at least watch one Medea movie. I've seen a Medea um, movie. Meet the Browns or something. Like, um, no. What was the one that Meet the Browns was a spinoff of? I've seen that one. So Meet the Browns is a spinoff of Tyler Perry's Medea Productions. It's, I'm not. I'm not gonna right. get into the Medea extended universe. Also, also, I'm gonna have to, you know, throw this in there that I'm Tyler Perry. I'm a. I'm gonna go ahead and fuck you up real quick and say that Tyler Perry was doing extended universes way before Marvel. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna fuck you up real quick. Ready? Go ahead. My mom loves Tyler Perry movies. 
so all this like Tyler Perry hey is it just like residual like disrespect for your mom watching her laugh at some of the jokes and I'm like oh no he's like are you laughing for the right reason um, like Chappelle are you laughing with me or at me yeah uh, so P Diddy who has also proven his media chops with the revolt music media channel with um, the revolver uh, I said Revolt. Revolt Media Channel, which I would say is doing a good job at making itself the modern-day MTV. Uh, the last time I checked in, Revolt, which mainly does non-scripted content, lots of music interviews, music videos, music-related content, has really like embraced that attitude that I would say late 90s, early 2000s. Wait, P. Diddy is embracing an attitude? Um, Brian Allen is another person. Uh, the comedian Brian Allen, also media mogul. You might know Brian Allen as the owner or one of the owners of the Weather Channel, who was another person in potential setup to buy BET, as well as a... <laughs> as well as an investment group of Shaq, 50 Cent, and Kenya Barris, backed by Group Black Investings, Capital Partners Investings, and the Authentic Brands Group, a management company set on um, managing black-owned so brands. So Shaq is going to buy BET after buying a stake in, in a racist pizza company. In partnership with 50 Cent and Kenya Barris. I mean, like, that's that's a hell of a... I'm surprised Jalen Rose isn't in there, but... Actually, kind of, a little bit, you know, just After because... After mentioning it, yeah, I, I kind of am, Out of the random, you know, I'm also... I mean, like, he's got to support his school, so I'm sure he heard about it, was like, damn, I wish I had the funds. I'm also surprised Jay-Z isn't in here just because Diddy has revolt, so why wouldn't Jay-Z then turn around and be like, ha-ha, I'm gonna buy beats. <laughs> He didn't hit the high note with Jay-Z's laugh because the I'ma buy BET for B. <laughs> like, oh, I yeah. will not give it all to ye. Yo, come on, listen. How have Beyonce and Jay-Z not uh, put in a bid for BET yet? How right? are they still married? How are they still married? I mean, what do you mean, how are they still married? I don't know. At this point, oh, you're just sending shots out to be spicy. Look. Beyonce and Jay-Z have been together and they have children, but a lot of black families split apart. What's to say that their marriage isn't on the rocks? Excuse me? This is a Tucker Carlson shit. Oh, 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 you're taking a uh, Cucker Carlson? That is literally how he would spit it, and you know I'm right. Yo, um, yeah, because that was a a hot take. uh, Speaking of Cucker Carlson. They don't talk to the media. Why is that? What are they trying to hide? Um, I can tell you that <laughs> Cucker Tarleson can't hide much of anything lately. Uh, Media Matters has been all over the place, dropping hot take after hot take of his and leak after leak. Um, everything from <sighs> the very well phrased, that's just not how white men fight in <laughs> 
in response to seeing a group of Capitol protesters jumping an Antifa uh, protester. Also, just, you know, general uh, beckonings of Tucker being creepy and insinuating that he couldn't wait for Trump to be done being president. Uh, He doesn't believe any of the election fraud lies. Just all kinds of smarmy, smarmy, hot, hot, hot takes. Kind of smarmy, smarmy, not believing I wasn't invited to this party. Chris Brown and Usher drama. Uh, speaking of, speaking of hot guys, we didn't have to wait for Media Matters to drop this one. Nope. Uh, no, this uh, rumor, which has not been verified by any official sources, it was yet, so wild that I heard about it. Allegedly, uh, Usher had the nerve to throw Chris Brown a party for his birthday at his birthday with his birthday for a birthday party for his birthday with a birthday party for his birthday. Um, and Chris Brown was people are still doing that. nice things for Chris Brown. Chris Brown wasn't having any of that. So How much, dare you be a compare a, a compassionate and caring friend? So you much dick. so. To the fact that he proceeded to, uh, you know, be Chris Brown at the party to show his appreciation for Usher throwing him a 34th birthday bash. Sources report that while at the party, Chris Brown became visually and visibly intoxicated <laughs> and began he got to get drunk, 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 and he went crunk, crunk, crunk. That's the <laughs> and got disrespectful with guest Tiana Taylor for quote unquote unknown reason. What are the odds that he called her a hoe? <sighs> Non-zero, I'll tell you that for sure. I mean, it's Chris Brown, so I'm going to take the subtle microaggression as justified because it is Chris Brown. Yeah. Usher try and other for guests. For all of you Zoomers, look up Chris Brown, Rihanna, photo. That's why we don't like Chris Brown. Okay, so Zig speaks for himself. Uh, Lots of people like Chris Brown. However, I will say by the end of the story- I like Rihanna a hell of a lot more than Chris Brown. I will say by the end of the story, you will probably like Chris Brown a little bit less. Um, Because according to witnesses, several guests tried to intervene, including one host of the party, Usher Raymond, um, and of, of R&B legendary fame, according of yeah yeah to the crowd, Chris Brown and Usher's argument I love Usher, began to get so heated that Chris Brown at one point called Usher a coward and then proceeded to storm out of the venue. Uh, it's pretty bold to try to take Michael Jackson's bit as being the R&B singer dancer. I feel like- I would not call Usher a coward. So Because many. he did that and made it his own. Like Usher is one of the most impressive dancers I've ever seen. <laughs> My man is like, that is why I would not call Usher a coward. I would not call Usher a coward because he then followed Chris Brown outside of the venue to confront him over his actions at the party that they were throwing for Chris Brown for his birthday, at his birthday party for his birthday. That is where things went south. 
they proceeded to get into a very heated argument on a tour bus and Chris Brown and company then jumped Usher Raymond uh, on the tour bus, leaving allegedly. him allegedly with what participants and attendees at the party say was a bloody nose. Uh, but once again, nobody has confirmed this story. It is just an alleged altercation, proving once again that Chris Brown should probably chill the fuck out, not be drinking. Tucker Carlson should probably get fucked. People with schizophrenia should probably stop smoking so much weed. Uh, or, or if you have a history of schizophrenia in your family, you should probably stop smoking so much weed. And we'll go into that after this break. any sound, record it, and then change its nature by a multiplicity of operations. You record it at different speeds, you play it backwards, you add it to itself over and over again. You adjust filters, echoes, acoustic qualities, you combine segments of magnetic tape. By these means and many others, you can create sounds which no one has ever heard before. According to an article released by Press Herald, uh, as many as 30% of cases of schizophrenia among men 20 to 30 could have been prevented if they had avoided cannabis use disorder, which I feel like is a very scientific way of saying if they weren't potheads. Um, <laughs> as many as 30% of schizophrenia cases could have been prevented. Um, uh, loosely defined as frequent use of the drug, negative consequences have been found to develop in around 3 to 10 of the users who have participated in frequent smoking of potent marijuana. That's 30% for people who don't matter. Uh, the... <laughs> so, it... Long story short, even though the main subjects of this um study were danish participants right that's uh, a slice and a half of pizza for people who really don't laugh this is not the first time i personally have seen a you know reported link between marijuana and schizophrenia me neither and with the amount of people i know who say that they have personally stopped smoking weed because of the fact that they couldn't handle the paranoia right it does feel like that maybe this is something we shouldn't ignore guys especially if we are trying to be responsible about the legalization as legalization continues to grow because as we speak, it was just this week, uh, two weeks ago, I guess, for our listeners in the future, um, that Maryland's governor signed into... Maryland's uh, governor, Westmore, the first black governor in Maryland's history and the third in United States history. Has signed into law a bill that would end the prohibition on recreational marijuana use in the state of Maryland. That goes into effect on July 1st. 
the Steak and Shake down the street from my house where the owner tried to have his uh, wife murdered and framed as a terrorist hey, is yo. getting turned into a dispensary. <laughs> it seems like a better use of the Steak and Shake. If uh, you don't believe me, Google that shit. Uh, the only Steak and Shake in Maryland. The owner tried to fucking have his wife framed as a terrorist. <laughs> and it was... Less than a mile from my house. I'll wait for the Unsolved Mystery episode when the writer's strike ends. I, however, am happy to see recreational marijuana becoming increasingly more accepted throughout the country. But I also think it is responsible to not ignore any potential links to, you know, a harmful mental condition such as schizophrenia. So you showed me that magazine earlier, um, basically preemptively advertising legalization in Maryland. Oh yeah, Maryland Maryland Leaf. So Uh. you were like, what do you see? And I'm like, well, I mean, he looks like super high, but you you said to me afterwards, but it looks like a normal advertisement. Okay, yeah, so you were referring to the advertisement on the back of the magazine. Yes. Right. So the curio do you uh, think, edible gummies. Do you think that those types of ads should come with some kind of warning? I'm not talking like the fucking death label on cigarettes, but some kind of warning like please drink responsibly or something like that. So the ad says a variety of delicious THC flavors and 10 milligrams, 25 milligrams and 40 milligrams. Right, so they are providing information to the amount of dosage that they provide for each gummy. Maybe information on it that recommends the proper dosage for you. Like, if you are a female between 100 and 120 pounds, you probably don't want the, what, 40 milligrams? I'm going to push back here and say that you don't get that when you go to a bar. Right, like when you go to a bar, the bartender doesn't look at you and go, hey, sweetie, you're only 90 pounds. I don't think you can handle a gin and juice, baby. All right. Yeah, no, but the management at restaurants sure as hell measures shots. Your liquor store does not. Your liquor store will sell college girls as much pucker as their hearts desire. Because they're buying it by the bottle. That's my point. And it's the same thing with the gummies, right? You can buy fucking ten, a case ten of 10 milligrams, milligrams gummy. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Uh, so that's, so I think, you know, your expectations are a little high here. But right? I mean, I think I'm not what, saying like, uh, don't do it, but like a recommendation. Like, I think this what, will have extreme effects on you if this is your body type I or think something like that. What is more of a concern though is the potency of the flower that is being produced, which is steadily increasing as medical and recreational marijuana becomes more accessible and more accepted, right? You have flower now that ranges anywhere from fucking 16% to 45% THC. And that's insane. I don't know if you've smoked anything that has 45%. You better not have any plans for the rest of the day. Because as somebody who has partaken, I can tell you that um, 45% is like a fucking golden egg for like back in the days of like street weed, 
right? Like back when you used to have a guy uh, to get shit from, or you know, know the plug, right? 45% was some shit that you were paying fucking top price like $50 for. $50 a fucking yeah. gram. Yeah. Because like, back in the day, everything else you would get would probably come from a vacuum sealed brick. Back in the day, the shit that you would get from your regular dealer now, you can go to the gas station and get as Delta 9, but nobody, but you didn't hear that from me. Yeah, no, um, like, that's that's facts. <laughs> like, imagine spending $20 a G for some Delta 9. Yeah, like... That's really what it was like back in 2010. Yeah, now you can get that shit by the jar at the gas station for, like, $35. Like, it's insane. It's fucking should, insane. You know, they would sell more Delta 9 if they just marketed it as mids. Um, so I feel like... <laughs> just like, yeah, this is, this is mids. Yeah, no, I feel like... Like, I'm like, all right, it's mids. If I smoke enough mids... Well, I feel like what this study is showing is that maybe we should probably be smoking more mids, right? Because, especially as men. And here's the fucking wild shit about schizophrenia. Uh, it doesn't really affect women like that. So this, like, weed link doesn't affect them. Ladies, you can smoke as much weed as you want, and you're not gonna go it crazy. It all goes to your breasts and your ass. <laughs> we are okay with that. You're not gonna go crazy at all. At least not any crazier than society is already toxic? making you. Not really, because, like, weed, smoking weed can it give It does go dudes. into the fat of the body. Yeah, I was gonna say, smoking weed and dudes can give you what, I think it's called gynomastomia, which is where you dad get, pod? like, uh, you get uh, dad tits. Uh... You get man tits. Right, um, from increased estrogen production. So, uh, Andrew Tate might say that smoking weed makes you it's soft. It's something from the Matrix. It makes you soft, and it in the Matrix turns you into a docile in agent in the Matrix. Beta male. Have you heard the Matrix is out to get him? <sighs> yeah, no, I've I've seen lots of the Andrew Tate is home and you know making his transformation content and Paul McCartney has died Paul McCartney died in 1968 I have been hate watching a lot of that Andrew Tate shit just the same way I've been hate watching the downfall of Fox News I and what's tell going you, on with Rupert Murdoch I, I sad heard something about it about something and I'm wondering you heard something about Andrew Tate that made you sad I heard about something else that was sad. When I read it, I became oh, sad like, like for how people, someone. Like how people take Andrew Tate seriously. Yeah, but I'm wondering, why the fuck are they doing this? Tube up your butt, you funnel the beer in. I can't believe you've done this. I don't know what I expected. And by they, I mean Fallout Boy. <laughs> Fallout Boy has entered the fight. So you were talking earlier about the Steam Deck trying to put all of this different gamings on all of these different devices. Well, Fallout Boy said, "I don't like the that. way you phrase that." <laughs> but go for it. Go all of these it. different games on all of these different no, devices. No, you totally like. You totally like oversimplified the way I introduced the Steam Deck into our conversation, and I don't, I low key don't appreciate it. But you can cook though. No, go ahead, go cook. 
Go on. Go cook like well, like it's ramen. Boy. Xbox is talking about having all of these different types of games in many different devices, to which include the Steam Deck primarily so they can still develop their console type of games Did and you... fallout boy was like fuck that let's go analog okay. they made a vinyl disc of their next album but not just any normal vinyl disc right i was gonna it's say that's crinal crinal you say it is what? vinyl made with the tears of the band i'm sorry what like the satan shoes like the Satan shoes and the Tony Hawk skateboard. Crinal. So from the preeminent emo band. So they do they cry on every album that's pressed? Every listener always has. We're coming down, down, if you think that a white guy hasn't listened to it and started cry singing, laughing while doing it, you're wrong because you're talking to one. So how exactly do they incorporate their tears into the vinyl? Pressing? If you look at the vinyl press itself, it is a clear light blue. And I assume you can mix a lot of different shit with vinyl. <laughs> So wait, is we covered a story about somebody on TikTok making family jewels. So wait, is it a vinyl record with liquid inside of it? Fallout Boy records have surely generated a significant amount of tears over the past two decades. But what if Fallout Boy records were made of tears? <laughs> Dude, the this... pop punk veterans have announced Crinal. A limited edition vinyl infused with the artist's real, actual tears. Infused? Like, it makes me feel like they just stood over the records and cried. Fallout Boy hinted at Crinal back in March when they posted an Instagram video of Pete Wentz applying tear stick, chopping onions, and sweetly See? reminiscing See? on his friendship with Patrick Stump. See? All for a secret upcoming project. These niggas just... <laughs> it's so dramatic! Those tears apparently went towards one of 50 copies available of So Much for Stardust on Crinal. Which Spencer built in fully functional tissue dispenser. Excuse me, what? What? Read the last part again, bro. Those tears apparently went towards a one of 50 copies of their album, So Much for Stardust on Crinal which come packaged in a gatefold box with a built-in, fully functional tissue dispenser. Yo, it comes with the tissue dispenser. Shut the fuck up. Whose idea was this? Do you think this was Pete's idea? It is already sold out. Oh my God, you're fucking kidding me. You're kidding me, it's sold out already? It is already sold out. So I'm sorry, 
uh, guys and gals, your chances to get a hold of this crying old There even... are plans for more records for the band to cry over. Oh my god, so they are crying over the records. It's not like there are tears inside of the records. No, as it's it, is, been. it is made with their tears. Inside, they so... now have to collect more tears to meet the demand. So as it spins, there's like a liquid bubble inside. Like it's like a vinyl pressed over. Can you do that? That's weird. Like no, I mean like it's just it's mixed into the vinyl. That is that vinyl. That's what I thought. Vinyl yeah, okay. at a certain temperature is liquid. So you that, just mix that's the what tears I thought. in and then no, it's pressed okay. into a vinyl. So this. see what I'm thinking is one of two things. One, what we were just discussing. Two, a vinyl record that still has the like sound grooves pressed into it, right? But it's like pressed in a way that there's liquid in between the two sides so that... What, the needle would have to generate friction to like ignite the vinyl? No, shut up. What are you talking about? That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is it's like a literal like a like 3D like disc with water inside of it. That his tears from each one of the members of the band. And as it spins, you can see the liquid inside of the disc spinning with the vinyl. Record. Like a fucking roulette ball on a roulette? <laughs> oh, like, I can imagine that. Like Pete Wentz's teardrop just like dripping along in the fucking track as it's yeah, spinning. Yeah. And I'm like. 39 red, 39 red, 39 red. I think black is actually the odd numbers, but 39 red. Yo, I feel like this is this is crazy. I can't believe it's sold out already. Um, so is this a why the fuck are they doing this? Or clearly people asked for this. Ooh. What's wilder? The answer Hot is fan. Cheetos Mountain Dew. Or crinal? Uh, the answer is the Mountain Dew sugar-free hard seltzer. Because <laughs> that is some alchemy. I don't understand how you can arrange those words in a sentence and it be true. Okay, alright, what's wild? How do you wait, have Mountain wait, Dew wait, 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 and alcohol in a sugar-free water? When we're not allowed to have four loco anymore. That's my only additive to this argument because I think it's crazy. Oh my god, I love Four Loco. Well, the last time I drank a real Four Loco, it was two Four Locos. And I ended up biking through Towson's campus while listening to Slipknot. Because like, Four Loco is nothing but Mountain Dew and alcohol. <laughs> it's Jager Bombs. Jager Bombs. Jager Bombs. To my point, what's wilder? The Satan Shoes or Crino? Oh, the Satan shoes are wilder. The Satan shoes. The Satan shoes are wilder. The Crindle is cringeworthy. It, it's so cringeworthy, dude. How the do Satan you... shoes are wild. The Crindle is really cringe. Do you buy it and tell people you bought it, or Fuck do you no. buy it and just know that you have it for your own personal? No, pleasure? it's like I don't tell people I love you too. I just do, and I I never talk about it. It's like I only pulled this. I'm not out. gonna I'm not gonna expand on that. I think that's the first time I've admitted it on this podcast. If you but see yeah, me, I I I love you too. Playing this record. It 
You know it's cry time, baby. I'm locking the doors. I'm closing the blinds. I wonder and if I'm the bawling my eyes a out. Comes preloaded, and B is reloadable. Is is Fallout Boy the equivalent to the white male version of Celine Dion for white girls? No, just see the funny thing is, is Fallout Boy. Or is Boy, that is that is is that Kurt Cobain? No, the funny thing is about Fallout Boy as far as like the emo two thousands like. I know there was a wild punk, take. There was like a wild the emo take. punk movement. Like they're not one of the ones that like really made you cry. And neither was like Panic no at the disco. So why are they making a record of their tears? <laughs> Cash rules everything around me. Cream, it's the I money. Mean, dollar, dollar bills, y'all. It's sold They're out. Branded as it's the sold emo, out. as one of the emo bands, even though they're not one of the ones that like really made the super emo shit. The people that made the super emo shit are like Death Cab for Cutie. Oh, buddy. <laughs> Love of mine. Someday you will die. I'll be close behind to follow you into the dark. Now, don't get me wrong. I love that fucking song, and I've cried to it uh, multiple times. Speaking of in the dark and crying, um, the entire state of Utah is in the dark and crying as far as... In the closet? ...their sexual proclivities. When it was recently announced due to legislation approved by the Utah political body that would see it so that anybody who is looking to view adult entertainment on the internet would have to register and verify their age for access to said adult entertainment with their personal state identification card. Um, In this week's segment of Let's Make Zig Uncomfortable. Utah Governor Spencer Cox signed SB 287, the online pornography viewing age requirement, into law in March, and it will go into effect, or has gone into effect, by the time that you have listened to it. Any commercial or entity knowingly, intentionally publishing or distributing harmful material to minors on the internet from a website that contains substantial portions of such material shall be held liable if the entity fails to perform reasonable age verification methods of an individual attempting to access the material. Uh, the text of the law states. It defines harmful materials such as material that exploits or is devoted to or principally consists of depictions of actual simulated or animated display of any depiction of or any of the following in the manner of potentially offensive with respect to minors, pubic hair, anus, vulva, genitals, nipples, females, breasts, touching, caressing, fondling, nipples, buttocks, breasts, anuses, genitals, intercourse, masturbation, sodomy, oral copulation, flagellation, extracurricular, or, ooh, I, I, uh, extractory functions, exhibitions, Ex or, uh, excretory, excretory, excretory functions. functions, excuse me, I pulled an Aiden that Ross, that means shit play, I, I pulled an Aiden Ross just now, um, <clears throat> or, that means playing with poop, 
any other like the, like the cocker's bad fur day the great sexual ass. i'm the great um i just read the entire like you know i i read all that so that you had a general idea of what this law covers because it in fact does not just affect Pornhub, right? Like, a lots of teens don't just get their porn from Pornhub. That's actually kind of like a millennial Gen X thing. Yeah. Um, most of them get their porn from, like, Twitter and some of them from TikTok. So this could effectively mean that you have to sign in to your social media account using your ID. Zoomers are doing it wrong if they're watching it on their phone. Watching porn on their phone? I mean, like, I feel like get a most, bigger, at least like set up a fucking Chromecast. Like, I feel like most people are watching porn on their phone, bro. Exclusively on their phone? Yeah. I mean, I feel like when we go over the Pornhub statistics, I feel like most people are watching porn on their phone. More people watch porn on their PlayStation than on their Xbox. That's because nobody uses fucking Xbox, apparently. Uh, um, uh, Except for their Xbox. Wow. And Utah is not the only state. Louisiana has also passed identification-based legislation in the follow in the previous months. So you know the like joke where it's like, if I die, delete my browsing history. It wouldn't matter in Utah because your browsing history yeah. would be tied to your personal ID. You also know how you joke about, like, yeah, no, seriously, bleep, and I mean joke, not joke. No, seriously, bleep out my government. Yeah. 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 You, yeah. you, No, Utah doesn't want you to do that. Yeah. Um, Me? I'm fucked. I'm a public official. I am the <gasps> Anne Arundel County Democratic Central Committee representative of District 31. <laughs> Utah residents who haven't accessed the VPN at this point will have been greeted by a video upon trying to access Pornhub of Sherry Duval, uh, Deville, Sherry Deville. Look up a picture of her so I know what Sherry Deville looks that, like. That's right here. She's pretty. Yeah, Sherry Deville. Um, you know, urging you gracefully to contact your representative your state representative and push them for a more device based uh verification method um reminding people is that it a five second skippable ad no it's not uh, oh my god it's actually not it's a minute and 34 second video and you can't skip it uh i'm not gonna say you can't skip it but you you could exit out of it yeah but like if you want to watch you can't access Pornhub in Utah at all. This is all they get is this video of Sherry. Unless they give their ID. Uh, yeah. I don't even think that they can get Pornhub if they access this, uh, or if they use their ID. Pornhub has shut down access for Utah altogether. Right? So they have to... They just said, fuck it, we're out? Yeah. Yeah. Um, because as other people have pointed out, this identification based verification system is flawed it just I mean, prompts kids to go to less responsible places than Pornhub right X um, insert and you know less responsible than Pornhub is a very low bar let's just be real about that and you and know what? I'm on Pornhub's P side here Pornhub like, is 
like anytime any movement comes out against adult entertainment or that involves adult entertainment, people look to Pornhub's Twitter. Like, I feel like Pornhub has kind of wedged their way into being the face of uh, the adult entertainment industry. industry or, you know, sex work in general. Very according to plan or very according to script when they were hit with that whole uh, credit card boycott they emptied out like half if not like three fourths of their library right to make sure that all the content on there was verifiable and non harmful to anybody um, like I think now you can't upload unless you're now a verified user yeah yeah no absolutely not and I'm gonna guess that to become a verified user, you need some kind of verification yes, of they your do. age and et cetera yes. that may or may not include your government ID. They already have a verification system for users uploading content to their platform already, which, which is- Which I am sure include age verification and some form of all consenting parties agree. Yes. So, all of these Which are... previously may not have been the case. All of these are points that Sherry brings up in the video, as well as pointing out links that Pornhub provides to <laughs> help parents set up parental controls on their children's devices so they can't access pornographic content, suggesting that maybe age verification isn't the only way to keep kids from accessing porn. Maybe responsible parenting is the answer. And What kind of child protections do you have on Dez's stuff? Oh, I have age verification and like I specifically have like pornographic websites and search terms blocked for all of his devices because fucking Verizon actually makes that pretty easy for you to do like to set up profiles for your children's devices and include them and you can set up timers for when their devices can so you access can even the fucking internet grab them. yes like be like yes. oh you can't access this for a week no, more like, oh, you didn't take out the trash tonight? Guess what? I'm shutting your fucking phone off, dog. Like, that's it. Like, it's not that hard. And for people who like to tote that uh, the kids have access to too much nowadays, it's like, I feel like you really aren't doing reach these your due diligence as a parent because these companies have provided plenty of ways to make sure that you have control over the kind of content that your kids have access to. They are doing their best to idiot proof it. Just like when it comes to the government, any deadline, trust me, there's an extension. But an idiot is best at finding the faults in all of your systems. So. Utah is trying to prove that the best way to keep kids from accessing porn is by making you directly connected to the kind of freak shit that you like to get off to. And uh, just like the way that Diddy likes to hide the freak shit, he likes to get off to by going after the most talented people in the world. But before that, let's take a break. 
check yourself before you wreck yourself. A charity check yourself, Diddy, before you out yourself. Welcome back <laughs> to the podcast that is not going to out Diddy, who allegedly uh, may or may not have put a hit on Jamie Foxx that has left him fighting for his life. Cue the R. Kelly. This is a tough conspiracy, right? Um, because you told me you were doing a deep dive. You sent I, me like five or six videos. About so it. this compu- this conspiracy Some of them were in 480p, which this is really stretching. Conspiracy is a real reach of a conspiracy that combines uh, lots of conspiracies that have been going on since the mid-90s. Okay, so um, let's, let's put the main conspiracies in order. So, so, so to put everything into context... What is context, the main conspiracy? That Diddy put a hit out on Jamie Foxx? So to put everything into if context... If that's the top. A video surfaced just recently of Jamie Foxx telling a story about how... When he was trying to break into the music industry from the stand-up comedian lane, he used to follow Diddy around to all these parties that he would go to with the camera and offer to be Diddy's videographer and videotape and document all of the wild stuff that was going down at Diddy's That matches Jamie's character, who's always shown himself to be a hustler. Right, and if you watch that video out of context, it seems very harmless, right? Like, it's just Jamie talking about how he got his start in the music industry and how he got to meet his connections and how he used to network. He even talks about how he used to have Ed Sheeran and Nick Cannon sleeping on his couch, right? Uh, That leads all into... Like, when you sent it to me it seemed very benign i'm like all right yeah this sounds like just jamie that leads all into tinfoil hat time people thinking that some of that footage that jamie may have may be the footage of one sean puffy combs uh and his very outrageous um, sexually free exploitations because uh, Diddy's parties are Including... known to get extremely wild even to the sense that he invited Will Smith so wild the rumors invited Will Smith are likely to include that of Will Smith and even Jay-Z it was it's a fucking banana web of a conspiracy theory. Banana web, that's a new term. Yeah, um, cause I like it though. I like it. Banana it's, web, it's I like it. slippery and it's sticky. Um, I'm going to let this silence linger. <laughs> Just like something else. Um, something offensive. <laughs> Should and I just like right now put the drink champs clip? Dude, right? Yeah, no, that yeah, might be. I'm just alright everybody. This Yo. is the clip of Puff this is the clip of Diddy on Drink Champs. Making Fabulous and Jadakus extremely uncomfortable. Yeah, I love this drink. Where you put my bag I like at? when you like this, Daddy. Yeah, yeah, where you put my bag Daddy, at? I like when you oh, when you're scrambling right and scraping no, for no, shit. No, 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 no. I, got I like that. Shit. You know, I'll be practicing. I gotta yeah. Look, look back me? on where I became. Mm. Did you miss me though? Mm. For real, because we, I'm saying, miss, it seems like a thing. I miss his birthday party. Puff, man. Man, I miss but I'm talking about for your birthday. 
Huh? Why won't you party with me for your birthday, man? I'm, I, yeah, we we party for my birthday before. You came to my party. And, and no, but me and you ain't never really party. You know what I'm saying? Eyes, mm. eyes. So check this out. It's me, Tyrese, Ray J, and F. Gary Gray. You know, I'm a type of nigga. I like variety, man. I like people that's unpredictable. Uh -huh. I, you know what I'm saying? I like different personalities. So I was like, I never knew they would become what they are today. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? They're like, you know... Mm -hmm. That sounded like the type of night I want to have in Vegas. You right. understand what I'm saying? Okay. So, Ty yeah, yeah, yeah. Happy birthday yeah, yeah, to you. Woo! Happy birthday to you. Woo! Happy birthday. They're fabulous. <laughs> the only nigga that got the name that I want. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Emphasis on Jada Kiss. Yo, it's it's. So that's not the only one, right? Then there's that clip of him being interviewed by Kevin Hart and Usher is there. Um, poor Usher. <laughs> Sorry, Usher. It's been a rough yeah, week for you, that, bud. That clip of Diddy being interviewed by Kevin Hart where he says he used to wake up in the same bed as Usher. He was clearly not just drunk. Would have been 10 at he the time. He was two puffs to the wind. Um... Two sheets to the wind? I don't know the actual thing. Usher's no, mom. No, two sheets to the wind. Sent 10 year old Usher to go stay with Diddy for what they referred to. How old? How old Diddy? 19. 19 I guess. to 10? That's a nine year difference. Uh, and last I checked, 10 is less than 18. For what they referred to as Flavor Camp. Eventually, when Usher's mom, you know, to her respect, when Usher's mom got wind of what Usher was being exposed to, she came and got her son. But it's still kind of a weird thing to put your son in the middle think, of it in the first place. Flavor Camp is weirder or or more normal than Neverland Ranch, or weirder or more normal than the story that Burt Kreischer told, where. He uh, was at that mansion party and was stumbling around looking for a bathroom and walked into a room of robed men laying very uh, statuesquely uh, on a bed together and with P. Diddy in the middle. Well, that sounds like it was a stage photo. That sounds like it's a or, an art exhibit. Or a bathhouse. This is, uh, <laughs> um, I mean, there's been many great you know, paintings and photos taken in bathhouse. So Clearly for the rumor is, so the rumor purely is, artistic the rumor is P. Diddy may or may not have had Jamie Foxx's medication switched out because Jamie let it slip that he still had tapes of the funky shit that Diddy likes to get into. Um, and that's the same reason that Diddy's ex-wife got hit. Um, but also that's allegedly and not what I said because it's also allegedly known that Diddy will put money on niggas heads um, he has had Charlemagne slapped also has fought J. Cole and has punched uh, Drake in the mouth well J. So, Cole let Nob down so. uh, I'm just saying if Diddy will fight J. Cole and punch Drake in the mouth then he'll definitely put a hit on both of us 
<laughs> as I stated with Boosie, I don't want any of that smoke. Doors. I don't want any of that smoke. None of it. Um, so all of this is alleged. Um, and I would like to remind one Sean Puffy Combs that it was actually Zig that wanted to talk about this. I... I would like Just to remind one Sean Puffy Combs that I was a very big fan of your performance in Dead of the Greek. Uh -huh. I thought you were fantastic. Uh -huh. And I admire your style. And I think you've done wonderful things for hip hop in, and also for business for black men in America. Uh huh. You just. Keep on, yeah, man. He gonna make you run. I'm doing the best Biden I can. Okay? He gonna make you run for that cheesecake, regardless, baby. Um, how do you feel about Diddy allegedly going after the not allegedly, almost factual, most talented person in the world? I was who gonna, happens yeah, to be yeah, no, a that's black a American. That's a fact. Um, I think the conspiracy is wild. I I love conspiracy theories as a form of sci-fi entertainment. And this piece of pulp media, the idea that the <laughs> megalomaniac villain that is Sean Puffy Combs would have close associate Jamie Foxx like knocked off because he let it slip that he might have some videos, some gay videos of, or some videos of Puffy doing some gay shit. And evidence of him having Bicky killed. So what a lot of and people- him having evidence of Tupac being killed. So what a lot of people are- And him are having evidence of shooting to- And have evidence of planning 9-11. Is the kid- And have started that cheer at the England versus USA game. The kitty diddling. It's the kitty diddling. You know, with the oh, whole... Oh yeah, he was shooting a shot at Aaliyah when she was like 16. The whole 10-year-old Usher, you know, sleeping at Diddy's house thing and like, just... His name is Diddy, seems sus. Wow. Well, I mean, when you put it that way, I guess this conspiracy theory seems pretty open and shut, Sean Puffy Combs. Um, way less so than that Puff whole... Puff Daddy? Have you ever seen the movie Airplane? There's only one clear connection that you can make from the name Puff Daddy. Dog, when you and said that. the airplane when the flight attendant had to give a blowjob to the inflatable autopilot so they didn't die in the plane crash. Yo, when That's you... clearly the only thing that he meant when he had his name as Puff Daddy. When you said that shit, it made me think about how he made Nori uncomfortable during that interview. <laughs> I like it when you do it like that, daddy. <laughs> Yo, what the fuck? Like, it's almost like if Puffy is not bisexual. If it was hard for you all to listen to, it was hard for us to listen to also. If Puffy is not bisexual, dude, then when he gets drunk, he becomes the biggest gay troll ever, dude. <laughs> like, he took Exhibit to he a- He will never lose a game of gay chicken no, if he's drunk. No, he took Exhibit to a gay club, dog. He took, there's that fucking interview of fucking in the Exhibit talking about how Diddy took him to a gay bar, you know? <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna take you to a gay bar. That's 
that's actually a fantastic song by the band called Electric Six. Yeah, they well, are disco rock. Well, I can tell you Exhibit was not happy when he found he went out. to a gay bar. Uh, just to like... Gay bar, gay bar, gay bar. How the Department of Labor was not happy when they found <laughs> over 305 cases of child labor at over 62 McDonald's locations across the United daycare, States. Daycare, daycare, daycare. No, uh, the United uh, McDonald's franchise it, it will have to pay a penalty of $25,000 in child labor violations when it was found that 10-year-old employees who were not paid were sometimes working as late as 2 a.m. as they distributed food through drive through windows and operated registers, and one child even operated a deep fryer. And people wonder why McDonald's has the lowest customer service rating in the country. Uh, Bauer Foods... It has nothing to do with the fact that all of the people at the front of the house are rude as fuck. Bauer Foods LLC was operate... But they also have 10-year-olds working the deep fryer. Bauer Foods LLC, which operates 10 McDonald's in locations in Kentucky and Indiana, employed two children and staffed 24 minors under the age of 16 for more hours than legally permitted. Um, I think the maximum number of hours, if you are at least 16, is 20 hours a week. I think that's the maximum. Other states that were... And you have to get permission from your high school. Other states that were indicted in this uh, Department of Labor investigation include Maryland and Ohio, right? So it's not just Kentucky and Indiana, but as we've covered previously on the flood... So Maryland is a blue state, Ohio is a battleground state. So as we've covered previously on the flood... There is a growing trend across the country of states rolling back regulations on child labor, right? And it's not just states. It is, once again, say it with me now, kids, the corporations. Because who do you think is pushing for relaxed regulations on child labor? It's not your representatives because you know what their fucking job is? It's to fundraise. And do you know who they have to go to for money? Say it with me. Patreon. And you can follow us at the Flood Pod on everything. everything. And that is, is on everything. everything. For any of your political questions, you can email me, your Anne Arundel County Democratic Central Committee Representative District 31, one of two, at dan for you aac at gmail.com yes that's really the email send me an email i probably will get back to you in about three weeks and if you're wondering what's wrong with the country it's the fact that i was able to win that election with literally zero effort the fact that i won infuriates me to a level beyond comprehension i got invited to speak at a democratic district club of all of the people who are actually involved and not a single fucking one of them put their goddamn name into the election opportunity for 10 fucking dollars it is a joke that i got elected and i cannot believe i am still here if any of the people on the goddamn committee are listening to this yes put in a vote for me to be 
taken off the committee because I fucking deserve to be. And it's a joke that I was there to begin with. And if you're really wondering what's wrong with the country, then all you really have to do is follow the money because guess what, baby? $25,000 is less money than McDonald's had to pay the lady who spilled hot coffee in her lap. And yes, I understand that coffee was really hot. That, I mean, like, she deserved a lot of money. Um, They deserve to have to pay more than $25,000 for employing children as young as 10 years old, working at 2 a.m. at over 305. 305 workers under the age of 16 were found at over a combined 62 locations. I agree with you on the child labor, and I agree with you on the hot coffee. A, children shouldn't be working fucking deep fryers. But B, even if you are a 16-year-old working at a McDonald's, you should be making an adequate pay. But also, the woman that got McDonald's coffee, <clears throat> which is always piping hot, and that's why people love it, spilled on her, deserved what she was given in that lawsuit. I believe she deserved more, and I feel like these investment companies such as um, Bell Restaurant Group, Bauer Investment Company, right, should have to pay more money in fines than what they are paying, right? Because their revenue, what they are bringing in in return for their investment, it, like I said, it just far outweighs the punishment that they are facing for this kind of thing. And as states are continuing to push for looser legislation allowing kids to work in like meat packing plants and stuff like that we're bound to just see more examples of this throughout the entire united states as things grow more and more dire with the economy all right it's been a while since this segment came up ziggy is pissed and he's not even feeling clever <laughs> Damn it. Doc, I'm going to ask you rhetorical questions, but I need you to give the obvious answer. Okay, I mean, get it off your chest. It seems like something's been Why on your chest. Why did I run chest. for office? As a joke. A joke that we used on this podcast a lot, right? Right. I remember we were looking for opportunities to try to broaden our reach and be bring journalistic integrity to this podcast and... I shot out emails to, you know, candidates for governor, for state representative and everything. But in the process, I found that there was positions that literally no one was running for. And out of pure curiosity, I looked at the uh, is that how the, you, the is, qualifications of running, right? Is, and is, I told you, I was like, oh, it only takes $10. Is that how you're framing it? Because I totally thought it was like some weird, bizarre like psychosocial experiment where you were like let's see if they actually let me go through with this no i had no doubt that they would let me go through with this but my question was a few things one would anybody else sign up two does it pay if it pays i might have taken it seriously yeah it doesn't pay uh -huh. three it's because you're not fundraising bro that would be called corruption. No, it's it's ABF. Always be fundraising. I ABFR. signed up to run in this district for 
Democratic Central Committee, District 31, Representative 1 of 2. Right. It took me $10, it, a copy That's of it. my license. Literally. No financial disclosure or anything, no resume, no transcripts. Just, that's that's all you need to make a difference by the way is ten dollars and you know some free time and while we were doing this research trying to see if we could get a hold of anybody the only person who actually bothered to respond to an email of us asking for an interview was um what's the word um, a nazi <laughs> Well, so, that's because Nazis will talk to anybody, dog. They just desperate for attention. Yeah, which is why Nazis we, are attention whores. Which is why we didn't bother interviewing them. Come on! So it's I just threw my name in as a joke. I I had yes no intention of winning. Uh, None. I hoped that I didn't win. I feel like Trump when he was running in 2016. Yeah, you beat me to it. I don't. We both think. He didn't want to win. So what are you saying? I didn't want to win. I thought it would be funny to see how easy it was to run in the political system. And then when I found out how comedically easy it was, it stopped being funny. Like shallow how? I had a meeting where <laughs> we had people who didn't put their name in for the election that I actually went to. And we had to vote on the nine vacant seats. The nine vacant seats. Because nobody else was running for them. So... And these people that came in, every single one of them... To fill the nine vacant seats. Whether or not they were chosen, because there were multiple people from multiple districts. They all had conviction and a reason to be there. Ah, uh, and you felt... I didn't. And I knew that. And you felt some kind and of conflict. every single candidate, I asked them the question, did you run in the election? I was and conflicted. every single one of them said no. And I asked them why. Myriad of different answers. I don't have but the, the fact time. that I just put my name—it just seems in there. like a lot of pressure. I just don't understand exactly what goes all into it. I mean, I could do it, but really, is it like worth it? Will I really make a difference? How long did it take for me to Google the how-to beyond the point of us talking about interviewing a Nazi? And by I... that, I mean joking about interviewing a Nazi. I mean, like what, like four hours? If that, I was thinking like maybe an hour that it took me to be like oh nobody's running for this oh it cost ten dollars yeah i was thinking more like entirely like the process of like filling out the documents and like actually like designing no the clerk at the county office and... did most of that for me yeah well i mean like, you they did... really were just like okay let me see your id sign this oh well do you have ten dollars and i gave her a john adams not even an Andrew Jackson, a straight up John Adams. So, and you know, I guess stop me if I'm wrong. Uh, what you're saying here is that the barrier for entry into local government—it's so is extremely, extremely low, low 
that the people who feel no... like they want to make a difference are still somehow discouraged by the idea of winning an election. Do you want to know why? I'm gonna, there are three people running in our district. And I'm, yes, I will say District I'm 31. I'm still going to push back on that, but go ahead. Pasadena, and if you know Pasadena, it is heavily uh, right. <laughs> right wing. Uh huh. And um. Uh huh. And and the, why? The one person that didn't get one of the two seats out of the three candidates right. had a very right. West African sounding name. Okay, so you were suggesting that even here, in the progressive state of Maryland, that has just elected its first black governor, West. That there is still racial bias inside of of small town local government and within the Democratic Party. Um, I was gonna say I do feel like that your experience here is also subject to a tad bit of privilege because you as a young white male white um, full out white <laughs> have lots of free time and advantage on your hands especially enough free time and advantage to run for public office as a joke it took me about 30 minutes to make that TikTok and uh, once again hold on I'm going to pull up my election poster. Um, while you do that, with your privilege, though, I feel like somebody who has more passion to run, like some of the people that you spoke to at that event. Every single um, one of them had more passion and more reason to be there. Does not have the time or the privilege to run for public office. That is one of the problems, I think, with the economy and the system of capitalism that we are living under right now. I haven't The barrier for entry is not lack of enthusiasm, but lack of opportunity in the form of free time. Lack of the awareness of how easy it is to do. Do you want to know? That too. Do you want to know? But when I I'm would registered? argue. But I would argue Doc. that it's more. Hold on, guys. I hear what you're saying, but what I'm saying is, is I would argue that for the people that you were talking about, it is more of a lack of opportunity of free time because you were talking about people who have to work. I think it's a lack of awareness of the opportunity. Because do you want to know when I registered? I left 15 minutes early to recording this podcast. I mean... The clerk's office is right on Ritchie Highway. Before you even get to the Glen Burnie Mall. I had to make a quick right, stop in, pay $10, give them my license, and sign a thing. You also have nothing... And talked on some random. You also have nothing else to do. Cool. Wow, you're making me feel really bad about my I mean, right now. yeah, no, going to school, but I'm just saying, like, you're not going to school and then have, like, two kids at home that you need to get back to, right? Or you're not going to school and, like, have, like, a disabled parent that you need to take care of. I have to edit a podcast. <laughs> like, I put a lot of effort in these podcasts. I'm just all saying. All of those audio like, you all bro, hear, they're perfectly timed. Bro, Do you know like, how many... You the know how many people... times I've had to listen to an unskippable 15-second ad for a three-second sound clip? The people... It's miserable. Who... You don't understand the pain. Uh-huh. And there you go. Starving for content. Uh, how much do you pay in rent? Anyway. <laughs> Dan 
Glennon. Vote, vote for Dan for... Glennon. Or don't vote for me. It is your personal choice and right as an American to vote for your representative. I am not the only candidate for this position, and I'm sure some of the other are perfectly suited to fill this role. It is your right and arguably civic duty, along with your fellow constituents, to decide which of them best you believe in most. A vote for a candidate is believing in the potential that they can do. I have lived in Anne Arundel County most of my life, and I have no political experience, but I am also beholden to no donors. And if you vote for me, I would appreciate it. Go beyond. Go plus ultra. I think what my co-host is trying to say is that if you agree that kids working the deep fryer at 2 a.m. is not normal, then you, if you have the time, should really get up and go run for something in your public office because it is much easier than you are anticipating. I promise you that is how these fucking QAnon nut jobs are getting away with it. And for all of our listeners, if you're sick and tired of raging against the machine, eat the machine. And for all of our card players, you can go to tokenfg.com and use the promo code Ziggy for 10% off of your order on any of your Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon, Flesh and Blood, Magic the Gathering, Card Game Supplies, or Board Games at tokenmtg.com. And if you want to try to follow the podcast, you can find us at The Flood Pod on everything. And that if is on... That is on everything. And we will be back at y'all next week with more spicy takes, more fire takes, all the takes that you could wait more for. More deep fire takes. All the I'm takes let stumble. that I'm you let him, it's could like that anime clip wait of the guy for swimming for where he's like diving week. and he just like starts all flailing around and the whole time wait a and week. he touches the end it and he's like, oh, where's my swimming? Right back around like mercury retrograde baby except for when we come back in you know it's grade fucking a holla at us make sure you drop that like subscribe and we love y'all deuces Look, it's a flood. It's, a flood. it's flooding. Get away. Quick, we need to get to higher ground. Open the floodgates.